The Start On Demand. On demand. There is a hockey team in North Dakota called the Dickinson Midgets. And the little people of Manitoba's president, Samantha Rayburn Trubick, recently went down to North Dakota to speak to that community to see if they would be willing to at least entertain the idea of changing that antiquated name. Do you still get a Christmas bonus? There's a company in the U.S. that handed out $10 million in Christmas bonuses to 198 workers. And a Winnipeg clothing company has teamed up with the Winnipeg Jets and Josh Morrissey to help support the Dream Factory with some really cool new merchandise. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and a vacationing Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, December 12th podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back next week and very quickly greg the yes. brakes still kind of squeaking but mostly not i washed the car <laughs> and the squeak mostly went away if only everything was that simple the car was dirty the car was dirty so i washed it and now the brakes are not squeaking before we forget to mention this right out of the gate i want to direct you to our 680 cjob instagram story One of our friends at Global Winnipeg spotted this. There's an account called Worldstar on Instagram, and they they, it's a hip-hop account. They post all kinds of stuff on it, and they posted a video from Winnipeg during the Grey Cup block party. It's a video of a guy named Jeremy Johnson, and he jumps over a police officer. And at first it looked like maybe the the cop was just standing there, you know, watching (laughs) to make sure everything was okay. And then he was caught off guard, but it looks like I guess they asked him if he could do it because he seemed to be enjoying himself. So, yeah, this guy just leapfrogs right over top of the police officer. And uh, it's quite something. The video has been viewed on that account 1.6 million times. Oh, my word. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the difference between Canada and other parts of the world. Our interactions with police following championship games. Some cities, they light things on fire. They turn police cars upside down. In Winnipeg, we just do that giant leapfrog thing and that's the end of that. Pretty impressive uh, vertical leap to be able to do that. I mean, well, it I does he... clip. He does clip his toque off his head. Yeah, so. but still. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to try that, it would be such a spectacular failure. And that reminds me, actually, and this is one of the reasons why, as I got started to get older, I stopped like going on the floor for concerts, at least where it's an open floor. Bush, once upon a time, sure. played at the Winnipeg Arena. Veruca Salt was the opening act, the Volcano Girls. And I was just behind the the mosh area of this concert because crowd surfers always end up either landing on me or trying to use me as a catapult. I, I, I was at a concert with I Mother Earth and Moist also at the arena, and I took a boot square to the face, and I bled so badly. And one of our listeners actually once said when I told this story, they said, I've got a picture from that concert and there's a guy in the background with a bloody nose. I bet that was you. Oh, my word. So anyway, uh, so when I went to this Bush show, I'm standing beside, the, uh, my, my friends were in the mosh pit, standing beside this big guy, big burly guy, same height as me, but much bigger, shaved head, beard, looked like someone you wouldn't want to mess with. Well, some kid... I don't know how old he was, a teenager. I mean, I was like 20, uh, but he was probably 15, 16. Decided to use us both as catapults. Put his 
left hand on my right shoulder, his right hand on the guy's left shoulder, but he ended up just almost tackling us both as he tried to jump into the crowd. <laughs> and the guy beside me almost killed him, came like a second short from punching this guy's lights out. Well, you are giant turnbuckles, apparently, right? You turnbuckles! Just, <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> How tall was this guy? You're six four. How tall was the other guy? He, the, he was six four, and the guy, the guy who, tried, who you tried to use us as launch pads, he was maybe five six. Yeah, there little, you go. He's a little man. That's what you get for being tall, Brett. Stay out of the mosh pit. Hey, speaking of turnbuckles, we're going to give away tickets for Monday Night Raw early again this morning at six thirty seven. So stand by for your cue to call on that. And then at six forty five, this Christmas bonus story. It's something special, eh? It really is. Uh, the, the video, it's like watching a bunch of people win the lottery all at once, the way they delivered this. Christmas party, tis the season, and uh, the boss, I guess they handed out all these red envelopes, and the, the boss gives a story. We'll play the audio for you a little bit later. What is it that Bob Irving says uh, that I think you so masterfully translate? Illustration is better than explanation. That's right. This is uh, St. John Properties, a U.S. real estate company. They divided $10 million among its 198 employees. For Christmas. So that's like 50000 each. Yeah, and, and some people got, according to one Salt Lake City TV station, uh, some of those bonuses were as much as $250,000 oh, wow. based on how long you'd been with the company. So uh, life-changing events for those people uh, that work for that company. So that's pretty pretty wicked awesome. Now, later on this morning at 9.36, this is exciting. I'm wearing my Winnipeg Thunder hat, which I'm very proud of. Very happy. It's from a local clothing company called Vogue Sportswear. And we've interviewed them before on the various things they did. They, they put out those special edition Winnipeg Blue Bomber hats, the mm-hmm. Bud Grant era hat. And they had previously done a Winnipeg Thunder hat. Well, they have done something special. They've partnered with Winnipeg Jets star Josh Morrissey. And they've created a, a special necktie and proceeds of that will go towards the Dream Factory. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Josh Morrissey, one of the good guys, as far as we can tell, right? We don't know for sure, (laughs) but based on our interactions (laughs) with Josh Morrissey over the years, he's one of the good guys on the Winnipeg Jets. Well, you know, how often you hear me, yeah, yeah, he's a real jerk. We're not going to say that, uh, but... The flip side of that is anytime I've had any interaction with Josh Morrissey, we had him on the show uh, the day after he signed his uh, bridge contract uh, last year uh, while he was a holdout, just after he was a holdout uh, at uh, training camp. So uh, Josh Morrissey, one of the good guys for sure. So we'll talk to Christopher Watchorn from Vogue Sportswear to get details on how that came to be. And uh, what do you have in your hand there, Greg? This, it is officially Christmas, Brett McGarry. Oh. I wait for this every single year. There's something special about getting mail. I still like getting, do you like getting the oh, mail? Yeah. I love getting Christmas cards from anyone. There are a few I look forward to every single year, but this card represents the beginning of the Christmas season for me. This is the official this starting This is the gun? Official, official start. I'm now in the spirit it's a Christmas card from Dancing Gabe Langlois. Yes, that's right. I got one too. Dancing Gabe, he sends out tons. I don't. I wonder how many Christmas cards he sends. I'd love out. to know. We should ask him. Yeah, because uh, you'll probably see various people posting their cri- pictures of their Christmas cards from Dancing Gabe on social media, and 
even though he, he spelled he spelled my name wrong. Okay, Brent McGarry, well, but that's that's quite okay because I, that happens all the time. I'm just so thrilled to get this every year, and that he t- takes the time to do this. And, and he uh, writes, uh, "Greg, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, Happy New Decade, Plenty of 2020, Dancing Gay Blangois, Welcome to the 2020s." Hand signs them all. Yeah, gotta love it. And, Hand- he's got, and he uses different pens. Yours is in red, mine's in black. Oh, love it. Yeah, so he puts a lot of time and effort really into does. this. So, Dancing Gabe, a pillar of this community, we're so lucky to have him in this city and this province. <laughs> As promised, we have tickets to give away for Monday Night Raw. WWE bringing their live televised event back to the peg for the first time in 15 years. Phone lines are open now at 204-780-6868. And just to refresh here, in case you're just tuning in, yesterday we gave away tickets. What was the answer yesterday? Do you recall, Greg? It was John Cena! The question was, who was once known as the Doctor of Thugonomics? I still love that nickname. I'm so glad you didn't ask me what the question was. <laughs> so, but Jared, who, when he gave his answer, he said John Sienna, which I guess technically is incorrect, but we gave it to him anyway. And uh, because we were just, you know, we were having some fun with it. We, he knew who sure. he was. 100% he did. But he just, he, he stumbled on the name, whatever. Well, we got this great text message from Dan, who says... If Trips, as in Triple H, were here, he would have pedigreed you. That's the name of Triple H's move. If The Rock was here, he would have let you know your role. And if John Cena was here yesterday, he would have F-U'd you. That's the name of, was the name of John Cena's move. <laughs> he would have done that to you and your winner yesterday because the winner mispronounced Cena. He said it like the Toyota Sienna while I was waiting on hold. I can't believe you let it go being a fan. Well, I think... Is this Dan here on the line, Forte? I believe that is. Oh, my God. He was the first one to get through. (laughs) Dan, you really want these tickets, don't you? I most certainly do. Yes, Brett. Well, hey, thanks for for giving. Let's let's test your wrestling knowledge here. First of all, you get like an A plus on the creativity on the uh, on the slander slam text. So (laughs) you're in our good books there, even though we could have. Put you in the bad books. So just so you know, you could have made the list. Chris Jericho reference there, by the way. The the, the lexicon now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you know you're wrestling then. I most certainly do, yes. Would you call yourself an expert? I most certainly would, yes. Okay. Well, you mentioned Trips is in Triple H. Correct. Okay. Do you know his real name? His real name is Paul Levesque. <laughs> there he is. He's an expert. That's right. Hunter Hurst Helmsley is. He's known in the WWE. His real name is Paul Michael Levesque, and he was born in New Hampshire. Well, Dan, what's your last name? Nichols. Dan Nichols? Correct, yeah. Okay. If you were, if you had a wrestling name, do you know what it would be? Oh, God, Double Barrel Dan. <laughs> double Barrel Dan! <laughs> Coming out to this music. Time to play the game. Dan, congratulations, man. Good for you. Time Enjoy Monday Night Raw, February 24th at Bell MTS Place, all right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, stand by, Dan. I'm going to put you on hold. Jeff Forte is going to get your details. Tickets on sale tomorrow, by the way, but there is a pre-sale on until tonight at 10 o'clock, and the code is WWE fan if you want to get in on that pre-sale but tickets go on sale proper tomorrow i know a buddy of mine is chomping at the bit to get those tickets so wow I, my palms are sweaty i'm all excited i'm ready to get in the ring right now oh yeah mackling wants to go He's psyched up you got me got me ready to go here man the big mac hey you remember this scene from christmas vacation any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. He goes, uh, gets a little more profane after that. So that was just the setup. He was Clark was mad because the Christmas bonus didn't happen, right? Yeah, he was supposed to get get a swimming pool for the family or something, right? From that bonus, he ends up with the turkey hamper or something. Similar. Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, my, oh word. my God. Sure glad he doesn't work in the media industry. <laughs> he would have been happy to get the Jelly of the Month no, Club. <laughs> and our question Huge of the upgrade. day yesterday, brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Christmas bonuses seem to be more rare these days. Do you get a Christmas bonus? 61% say never. 23% say I used to, but not anymore. 11% say yes, cash. And 4% say yes, a gift. And this has to do with an American company that surprised its workers with life-changing bonuses. Here's how it sounded. Everybody is important in this company, and everybody performs in this company. They really do. And i got to tell you... You're all participating in a bonus based on the number of years of $10 million. And now you can open your red envelope. I was totally blown away when this happened. What happened tonight was magical. It is life changing. It, <laughs> it is. It's really amazing. Ed is so generous. <laughs> I steer the boat, but they're the ones that run the boat. They're the ones that make the boat go. Without the teams, we are nothing. We are absolutely nothing. So the company is called St. John Properties. 198 people split $10 million. The average employee ending up with $50,000. Someone home with up to $250,000, according to Salt Lake City's KUTV. So that guy's wondering... Has you your go boss forward that to Chorus Headquarters in Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've heard about it. Oh, yeah. uh, so it was Hal Anderson who first brought this to our attention yesterday morning at 7.37, right? But that got us thinking, has your boss ever done... Anything nice for you, either current or a previous boss? So, Jeff, why don't we start with you, Jeff Braun? Uh, it, it came to mind this week as the temperature drop at the current management gave us those really nice North Face parkas a couple of years back. Oh, yeah. That's, that was that blew my mind. It still blows my mind. It makes you know it makes sense for reporters and for camera people and whatnot over at the Global TV there. But, I don't know, we sit in a nice warm studio all day, but we still got parkas. So, that's pretty sweet. I've never had a coat that nice in my life. 
That's a good one, man, because I forgot about that. And I remember when they told us we were getting them too. I thought the same thing. I don't get, uh, I mean, they never send the couch potatoes no. out into the field. Exactly. So, yeah. Wouldn't go anyway. So. Well, they- <laughs> <laughs> what about well, you, you can, Kelly? You can bottle it up as a nice pillow on the couch. True. Um, it, it's been a while since we've had bonuses here at work. You know, Jeff just talked about, uh, you know, something that was done. One of the nicest things that uh, ever happened to me. Uh, I, I worked for an independent radio station for a lot of years in Kamloops, and it was really neat because the owner was there every day. And I remember when we went to buy our first house, we were a little bit short on a down payment. So I, I went to them. Neither one of our parents could help us. And so I went to my boss, and he wrote out a check, said, go see the controller, figure out a monthly payment that uh, you can afford. And we were able to to buy our own first house because of that, and then wow. and then it would have been three years later. Uh, the uh, Canada Summer Games were hosted in Kamloops, and we worked very similarly to what we did for the Pan Am Games coverage. We uh, worked a lot of days in a row, and uh, I, I'll never forget the Sunday night when the uh, the games were ending. Uh, my boss came up to me and said, "I uh, I told Len just to uh, rip up the rest of that money that you owed us." There's my way of, of saying thanks for the coverage. So that uh, that boss is like a second dad. Wow, that's incredible, yeah. Kelly. Yeah. That is amazing. You've told me that story before. And, I can't and, help but and, cry every time when, you tell me. And when he sold the company a couple of years ago, uh, he gave he and his partners gave each staff member $1,000 for each year of service. Whoa. There were there were some guys who had worked in that company for 25, 26 years. Oh. Wow. That is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Should we forward that story to uh, the chorus headquarters yep. as well? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Forte? I was going to say, give me a job. <laughs> you know, that's it. Lisa got hired. That's the nice thing. That's that, the that, nice thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's, what about you, Greg? Sports is easy to please, isn't it? <laughs> is there any better guy in the world to work with? If I ever start my own company, Jeff, you are coming with me, okay? I'm down. That is a promise. That is a guarantee. Uh, so management here, be be on alert. I'm taking Jeff for when I go. I'm taking Forte with me wherever that may be. You know what? I've been lucky to work for some uh, awesome employers over the year, over the years. Uh, but my favorite uh, was just the gift of time. Uh, back at New Flyer, we used to have a have a plant shut down, and uh, they they weren't obligated to give the office staff. Uh, and the management uh, the same uh, perks as as on the manufacturing floor, but I- inevitably we ended up with that gift of time, and uh, you just can't replace yeah. that over the holidays. So I was always very grateful when we got those uh, bonus days off. So uh, I, I reflect on that very fondly. Brett? Don texted us to say the the company I'm with said you will be home for your days off, even if they have to fly us home. And it looks like I'm flying home today or tomorrow. So that's cool. Right so on, they fly dog. him home and then they'll fly him back to where he had to leave his truck. Yeah. That's wow. that's pretty w- wicked. I yeah. like that. Yeah, because Don is a truck driver. So thank you for sharing that, Don. And Mike says, uh, I worked for a major airline for almost 25 years. And in the beginning, there were small cash bonuses, but that dried up in later years. And we used to joke about our Christmas own us. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now there's something chorus to it. <laughs> it even rhymes. <laughs> 
But right now, we want to talk about one of the groups that is getting a nice shot in the arm from the city of Winnipeg. Yeah, one of 23 community groups, Brett, that each received up to $5,000 in funding for safety and crime prevention programs in a bid to help the community tackle Winnipeg's crime problem. The funds come from the city's $100,000 Community Safety and Crime Prevention Program. The city says the new program is meant to support community-level activities for local crime prevention and community safety, promote the exchange of information between residents, and build closer relationships between communities and police. Here's Mayor Brian Bowman from yesterday afternoon with Kathy Kennedy. The average amount of money that these groups are receiving, between $3,500 and $5,000, you know, what can that amount of money actually do? Well, you may want to speak with some of them. They're all listed publicly, but I mean, you've got the Central Park Foot Patrol uh, program that's that's receiving funding, the Mama Bear Clan for their patrol volunteer safety and well-being efforts. Uh, we have a newcomer African youth safe space uh, that the, the holistic ongoing opportunities development is, is helping with. Uh, you know, there's even a, a crystal meth recovery peer support and action group that Jibstop is, is helping with. So you just heard Mayor Bowman mention Jibstop. We don't always do what the mayor suggests, but in this case, we are. Founder Dane Bourget joins us now, and we'll start by asking Dane, what does that amount of money mean to you? So I guess the first thing I'm going to say is that we're really appreciative of of receiving the grant from the city. That's absolutely amazing of them to be stepping up and doing things that they most people didn't even know they were doing, so that's wonderful. But I think what this is going to allow us to do, it's going to allow us to really increase our community outreach capabilities as well as our promotional materials so that's kind of where we're looking to spend most of that money um it's just engaging with the people who need us the most and trying to get them into recovery now before we carry on with anything else i got to ask you just for those who maybe haven't heard of your organization before or need a refresher can you explain what jib stop means yeah so jib stop um we're a peer support group for meth addicts so we're a group of about a dozen volunteers who have all previously recovered from meth addiction ourselves, and we just try to provide peer support and public information about about meth and try to help people navigate the current system and how to get into recovery. And the word jib? The jib is slang for crystal meth. So when you look at the program as you've started it and worked on it, give us some timelines here and and how successful you feel you've been in executing this program, this plan. Right. So we've been going for about a year and a half now, and it started off pretty slow. Um, we started off with just basically an online presence, and then shortly after we got a, um, a phone line going so people can reach us through a phone line. And now we actually have weekly meetings that we hold every Friday. And... Um, yeah, so we've had some great responses from people in the community. There's been people that have that have called who we've helped and supported and brought to self-help meetings and, and went with them to get into detox. They've gone into treatment and now some are in second stage housing and they're they've been sober for a significant amount of times and that's um that's really the whole point of this. I always said when we were starting this if we even get one person to recover then all the work that we've done will have paid for itself and we're seeing some of those results now, so that's wonderful. Now, a few months back, we spoke to you about an initiative where you had, it was stickers, right, that you put in car windows that were meant to speak to prospective thieves. 
Yeah, for sure. So we had a pretty good response with that. Um, we littered the city as best we could with a bunch of these uh, window cards and uh, just tried to raise awareness. Um, one thing we don't really do is we don't specifically ask too many of our callers that are looking for help where they where they seen us because we just want to kind of keep it about them and keep it about keep it really simple and just kind of whatever they want to talk about kind of thing. So. We're, we're super grateful, and I'm sure we've had some great response for that. So, One of the, I guess, uh, conditions of getting this funding is the obligation or the commitment to report back to the city uh, down the road in short order, in fact, here. So does that change the way you need to do things, Dane? Does it handcuff you in any situation? Um, I wouldn't say it handcuffs us. When you're applying for the grant, they ask pretty specifically what you want to spend it on, and they they make you do kind of like a budget for it, obviously, just like most grants would. Um, so it's just there's one thing that it's going to be hard to actually calculate is the results because the results don't come in a week or in a month even. The results come as people actually get into this and recover. So it's it's just it's an amazing thing, and I'm pretty grateful that we had an opportunity to receive this money. Well, we're grateful for you giving us some time this morning. We look forward to catching up with you again, and uh, best of luck, continued success. Great. Thanks for having me in again. That's Dane Bourget, founder of JibStop. By the way, Brett, the city received 64 applications for funding this year, a committee comprised of four representatives from the city's community services department, one representative from the Winnipeg Committee for Safety, one representative from the Winnipeg Police Service. Choose the recipients. Some 13 groups received the full $5,000, while the others received amounts ranging from $1,170 and to just under $5,000. The entire entire list of community groups which received funding are available at globalnews.ca slash Winnipeg and cjob.com. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun. It's Mackling and McGarry McNabb back next week. This music always puts a smile on my face. Greg Mackling, what show is this the theme song for? I'm pretty sure it's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Did they write this exclusively, or does it come from something else? I think it's just for the show. Well, it does make me smile as well, because I think for everyone that likes Seinfeld, Mm -hmm. and I loved Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm is better than yeah. Seinfeld. It's amped up, right? It's Seinfeld, but it's just amped up. And they're because it's on HBO, they're free to do what they want with language. They can tackle much more risque stuff. And HBO has revealed that season 10 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, starring Larry David, co-creator of Seinfeld, will debut on January 19th, and they released the first trailer. Hey! Flowers, balloons, Larry David, what could be better? Can I give you a little tip? If you're going to confront somebody, it's better to do it with pants on. It's hard to take a person seriously wearing shorts. I pulled three clips from the trailer, and uh, we're, we are in delay, right, Jeff Forte? Oh, we're in delay, all okay. right. Okay, I think, I think I pulled the clean <laughs> clips, because there is a lot of profanity. So so Larry has a problem with people wearing shorts now? I guess so. Or I guess if you want to confront someone, because he's talking to the uh, mail carrier. I can't believe he would be confronting anyone about anything. Well, he's the social avenger, <laughs> that's right? That's right. I think, he, I think that's what he called Or social assassin. 
Oh, I think is what they call him. Okay, I, Avenger sounded right to me. Yeah, maybe maybe the, we need to start a comic book. Yeah, the Social Avenger, starring Larry David. Yeah, he's back as this fictionalized version of himself as he stumbles from one faux pas to the next. Two years ago, when it was announced there would be a tenth season, David said, "Quote: As I've said many times, when one has the opportunity to annoy someone, one should do so." Hey, yeah. I need you to do me a favor. I can't do it. No, no, you got to do it. I already got my sweats on. What is it, an immutable law of physics? Once you're in sweats, you can't get out? Newton's law of sweats? <laughs> Newton's law of sweats. Yeah, the, I mean, Larry David, I love this version that he plays of himself because sometimes he is a complete jerk. He's completely out of line. But there are so many times where he's bang on, where he's dead right, and he's the only one with any common sense in the room. And the times that he's caring and giving and compassionate are completely, it's like, you have a problem with this, but then you go and you do that for somebody else. I think it's, I love that dichotomy. And the whole, it plays off, I think, Jerry's relationship with Kramer on Seinfeld, because Jerry should have nothing to do with Kramer based on how he is, his idiosyncrasies. Yep. Both of them, they, they should be oil and water, yet they're, they're best friends. It, it, it's so bizarre, and you see elements of that in every, uh, uh, every Curb Your Enthusiasm story as well. Just little hints, just little takeaways from the uh, Seinfeld relationships as well. Now, HBO says season 10 is going to continue to prove how seemingly trivial details of one's day-to-day life, like a cold cup of coffee, a stained shirt, a missing toothbrush can precipitate a chain of misfortune to hilarious effect. And the series, by the way, is famously shot without a script, so cast members are basically given outlines of scenes, and they often improvise and end up with gold like this. I think you could introduce me as a renaissance man. Oh. A guy who speaks six languages. You want to impress people with lies? How else do you impress them? <laughs> to impress him. J.B. Smoove is so good, but I think does Susie Essman not steal every scene that she's in? Jeff oh. Garland's wife? Yeah, she is so angry, and her anger is in full, on full display in this trailer, particularly where in one scene where she's holding a knife pointed at Larry David. So yeah, she's going to be back. Jeff Garland, Cheryl Hines, Richard Lewis, J.B. Smoove among the returning series regulars. And the show, by the way, uh, ninth season aired in 2017 after taking six years off and season nine garnered four Emmy nominations in 2018. Although I, I found it to be one of its weaker seasons. I didn't, I liked it. I didn't love it. Like I'd loved previous seasons. Yeah, it's tough to come. Like when you're comparing best to best, mm-hmm. it's like, how do you decide which, and they have done it, but how do you decide which is the, the best Edmonton Oilers team from their dynasty. Yeah. You know, a great cup or step pardon me, Stanley Cup champions a Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's on the same level because it's just simply some of the best television ever met made, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not as not as good. Yeah, like even not not great curb is still better than most things on TV. Correct. Amundo. One more pop culture note to pass on here cuz I just found this so bizarre. And uh, Keanu Reeves, everybody likes Keanu Reeves these days, so that's why this in particular grabbed my attention. Warner Brothers did something weird yesterday. They unveiled release dates for a whole bunch of their movies for a couple of years down the road, but they've now created a showdown of Keanu Reeves versus Keanu Reeves, because previously announced by Lionsgate... May 21st, 2021 would be the release date for Chapter 4 of Keanu's action franchise. 
lost everything. That dog was a final gift from my dying wife. Where'd you get that car? What does it matter? It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. Nobody? But nobody. It's John Wayne. So that was that day, May 21st, 2021, is going to be the fourth movie in the John Wick franchise. You've seen any of the John Wick movies? Yeah, the first one. And when harm comes to a dog, that's sort of when I stop watching. Oh. And it rubbed me the wrong way, but I grudgingly enjoyed the first the first uh, episode of this. Well, that's what launched his his, his slaughter. Oh, I understand. Yeah. And that's, so that was the only reason I could get on board because I'd like to think I would react the same way if any harm came to either one of my puppy dogs. But uh, yeah, no, once and uh, I, hey, Keanu Reeves, I think, does a, does a great job. At least he did in the first one. I just, you know, I have other priorities, I suppose. Yeah, and when the, the action just gets a little crazier in the next two movies, if you ever want to watch, he trained hard for those movies. Just look up Keanu Reeves training for John Wick. It's incredible watching him at this shooting range and going around obstacles. He masters the use of those weapons. But yesterday, Warner Brothers said, on that same day, May 21st, 2021, they would be releasing The Matrix 4. So I don't know what they're thinking here. I mean, I guess it's a good publicity stunt for that weekend. Do you see them? Sorry, Brett, but do you see them moving one of these movies eventually? Yeah. They're just going to milk this for all it's worth in the meantime? Yeah, because they did this uh, a couple of years back. DC and Warner Brothers announced that they were going to release Justice League the same weekend as an Avengers movie. And that there was a Captain America Civil War. I can't remember. But they eventually balked and they moved Justice League about a month up. I think it was Justice League. I can't... Oh, I should have... It just came to me now that this has happened before. But Lionsgate apparently is likely to move John Wick because one of the co-stars said there are scheduling conflicts for Reeves between the two movies, and that could potentially cause a delay for the new John Wick. Okay. So, but... If they do go ahead with this, and I like this comparison from Forbes, they say, so either Lionsgate will delay John Wick 4 or we'll get the greatest box office showdown since Ghostbusters and Gremlins opened on the same day in June 1984. But you didn't know that that was going to be a box office showdown back then. It's only in retrospect you realize that it was a showdown. We didn't know those movies were going to be two of the bigger movies of the 1980s. This is different because there's anticipation, right? These are these are 100 to 200 million dollar box office smashes almost guaranteed, right? Oh, for sure. Right now we want to talk about another M. A rather negative one, and this hails uh, from the Washington Post, a story that was tweeted at us both this morning, Greg. Yeah, here's the headline, and I can't, I refuse to read the entire thing. You'll understand why in about four seconds here. A high school in North Dakota calls its teams the M-word. Activists want that changed, and the activist in question here happens to hail from our city. We've had her on this program many times. Samantha rayburn Tribeck joins us on the telephone. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. I understand you did something I would call beyond courageous and, uh, well, makes you an activist, in, in, in my opinion. You drove seven hours to Dickinson, North Dakota, to find out what's going on here. 
Yeah, so I uh, I joined Little People of America because, relatively speaking, uh, Dickinson and Winnipeg are close, and uh, joined their uh, school board meeting on Monday. So I'm looking at the picture, uh, this picture that you took of their school bus, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know how many decades old this bus is, but <laughs> would you like to describe it for us? Well, it's just the name of the mascot, and then there's a picture of uh, their mascot, which is the, you know, it's a midget, is what they've drawn as a character. And it's a rather unflattering image as well. Yeah, it's it's horribly unflattering, and it's in their gymnasium, and it's, you know, embedded everywhere at their school. Uh, you know, and I'm just reading a quote from you here in this article. That's me, question mark. That's supposed to be yeah. me, right? <laughs> it's right. just so horribly offensive, just public mocking of someone with skeletal dysplasia, somebody with a disability. As I understand it, talking with some of the board members, when they go to tournaments outside their community, get this now, Brett, they often can't even use the word because they are embarrassed. The team is yeah. embarrassed? So from what we understand, a story was shared with us that, you know, some of the cheerleaders will go to tournaments outside and, and they and they won't. And, and in fact, they've, they've started to rebrand uh, over the last couple of years where they don't have um, the word midget and anything. They've just got the big D. So it, clearly there's something happening in the community that some folks are, are clearly embarrassed about it or, or horrified as we are. And... Um, they just need to make the full change. I was I spent the day in Dickinson on Monday and kind of toured their community a bit. Lovely community, mostly friendly folks. And um, you know, right in their sporting goods store is a shirt that says Dickinson Midgets. Right? I mean, it's just it's so odd. It's 2019. And I mentioned this when we read the headline earlier and shared with our listeners the fact that you're going to come join us this morning. You're talking about a state which uh, it's North Dakota, University of North Dakota, Fighting yeah. Sioux had to change right. their name once upon exactly. a time. It wasn't that long ago. And that was that was a huge issue in that huge. state. Huge. It remains yeah. one, in fact, regardless of the fact that they've been the Fighting Hawks for almost four years now. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So it's bizarre. It's actually bizarre to me. Okay, so did they give any indication that they're going to take your, your yeah. perspective under advisement? Yeah, so they were really, really supportive, and generally most of the folks there were supportive, with the exception of a few. Uh, the school board was pretty much uh, very, we got a great response from them, and they, they decided that they're going to open it up to the community. And um, but, but generally, we had so many comments after and even emails after um, from folks in the community that said, we totally support this, we're on board. You know, I know some alums from there, and they said that they're writing letters. Like, generally, I think it's, I'm very hopeful. I think it's going to change. Um, but we'll see. What kind of things did the the people who were not on board, what did they say to you, if you care to share? Uh, you know what? One gentleman uh, opened up the conversation. They opened it up to the public, and he just opened it up talking about He's just coming from a place of not, of not knowing, and he opened up what he thought his definition of the word was. And he, he of course, walks up, and he's wearing a, a jacket, a school jacket with a midget right on the back of it. And, um, you know, and then he, he brought up some religious views of his. So uh, generally what I'm seeing are from the comment board, from the keyboard warriors, but um, but interesting that in the crowd that day, and there, and there were some folks in the crowd that uh, there were a few of them wearing their sweatshirts and 
um, proudly displaying the character. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm at a little bit of a, I don't have any issue with this, as you know, Samantha, but I do have a little bit of a conflict here because back in the mid 80s, when I played uh, various yeah. sports, including football, uh, my team won the provincial championship right. in the M division. We've got beautiful jackets. We got uh, yeah. medals from the province of, of Manitoba. We've got, you know, this, this uh, history. Uh, do I have to stop celebrating that? What, no. what, what do I do? No, just, just generally stop using the word, but of course you're going to celebrate your history. You know, what's funny is my husband, um, is, my husband, we were going through some old boxes from when he lived at his parents' house, and he produced, uh, he was a hockey, he, he was played hockey as well, and he produced a, a big trophy that he had, a big award, and he was player of the year for the midget category. I kind of want to put it up in my house because I think it's important, and I think it's showing a history that, that needs to be talked about and, and, and needs to be um, de- displayed, right? Like any history, you don't want it to go away because it shows how far we've come. Yeah, and Hockey Canada recently made changes. They changed uh, the novice peewee Adam and Bantam groups to clear more precise names that specify players' ages from under 7 to under 21, and they've eliminated the M word. Uh, so I, mean, I see that the Canadian Lacrosse Association followed right. suit last week. Agriculture Department in 2015 stopped referring to some small raisins as midgets. <laughs> Uh, so, like, society is moving on here, but even yeah. now we're getting text messages, and every time we talk to you, we get yeah. angry text messages <laughs> from people do. from people saying, why can't she just mind her own business? What does right. it matter to her? Uh, why does it matter to you, those of us that are texting? I, I think that's bigger. It, 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 I, think it, uh, I think it matters more to you than it does to anybody else who, who gets uh, upset about this. Right. I, well, agreed. Agreed. I, I don't even. I don't even want to challenge those folks. I don't. I. You know, if you have something to say, say it to my face. Um, I, I. I can't understand why somebody who has no affiliation with it or, or with being someone who's associated with that word would even care. Well, I did challenge someone on email this morning. Oh, I said. I said. I. I would like you to meet Samantha. And I would like you to uh, to use that word to her face. And yeah. I, I suspect that that individual is either um, in, a, in a place where they would do it or they would realize that, okay, I, you know what, I realize I'm wrong here. So oh, uh, I'd love be to a, have those conversations, but, but, uh, but a face-to-face conversation, not face-to-face. one where, it's, where there's a screen involved. Exactly. All right, Samantha Rayburn-Trubick, president of Little People of Manitoba, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Samantha, thank you very much for bringing this to our attention. And, thank you uh, for having me. And good for you for heading down there, for taking the seven-hour trip to talk to uh, Dickinson. All right, thanks again, guys. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back next week. And Greg Mackling, immediately to my left, I am holding in my grubby Transconian mitts a pair of gorgeous brand new Winnipeg Jets hats from Vogue Sportswear. Are they tempting you? Gorgeous doesn't even scratch the surface. If you want to see what these look like, we just put up a picture on our 680 CJOB Instagram story. And there's also a tie here, and there's the charity component of that. So we're going to unpack all this and figure out how all this came to be with our friend Chris Watchorn from Vogue Sportswear joining us live once again in studio. Chris, thanks for coming back. Thanks so much for having me. I greatly appreciate all the opportunities you present us. So just for some quick background here, a couple of years ago, a company called Oak and Ore released 
Very limited edition Winnipeg Thunder hats and T-shirts. And I was a huge fan of the Winnipeg Thunder when they used to play basketball here in Winnipeg. So I had to go get my hands on them. And we brought Chris in to tell us how that came to be. And then he later did a special edition Winnipeg Blue Bomber, couple of special edition Winnipeg Blue Bomber hats from the Bud Grant era. And then they did another run of Winnipeg Thunder hats, one which I'm wearing right now. And now you've teamed up with the Winnipeg Jets and you've got this the two hats, but the tie is the charity component. So why don't we start there? Uh, you, I understand you were actually approached by True North for this, right? Yeah, I think uh, when we wrapped up Okanor there the final year, we had the opportunity to collaborate with the Jets, and I think that project went relatively well. So we kept dialogue open with them, and and uh, the, yeah, we had the opportunity to chat with them uh, this summer about doing something. And uh, the tie idea is something that uh, I'd always wanted to do. It was just the right opportunity, the right person, and it seemed like a great timing and platform to, to pitch them on that. And uh, I think with Josh's help, we were able to... Uh, yeah, get the project off the ground and get it into the Jets gear store. So, Josh being Josh Morrissey, yeah. who is uh, committed to the Jets for the next nine seasons. So, uh, obviously has an affection for the community. He's committed to be a Jet long term. And uh, the idea, I think I just learning here, mm-hmm. he's a dad. No, I'm a dad. Sorry. You're a dad. I'm, I'm, I'm like, the dad, yeah. I like, yeah, did I, I read this wrong? I think he's a dad. That'd be, that'd be breaking news. <laughs> that would be breaking news. Okay, good. I did read that wrong. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think Josh Morris is a dad, <laughs> but I, amazing, I'll ask Chris yeah. about it. So, Chris, this resonated with you. It did. The idea of working with True North and the Dream Factory, and yeah. then you add the Josh Morrissey component and his, uh, shall we say, um, most outstanding fashion sense. Yes, yes. So, uh yeah, I, I'm sort of obsessed. I like all sports. I'm court field ice. I, I like them all. I also uh, I'm entertained by the game day attire that athletes select, particularly the NBA. So I I tend to keep an eye out for. I mean, Jets. You're looking at the post game interviews, and Josh always seems super well put together. I've crossed paths a couple times, and he's always looking like a million bucks. And and we've I've always had a fondness for the Dream Factory and what they do, and we've done some small scale projects with them previously with our brand and. Um, it just seemed like a great opportunity. He, he, uh, Josh stepped in when Andrew Ladd left and who was a former ambassador there. And, uh, Josh has done a lot of incredible work there. I think a lot of it flies under the radar. So, uh, we thought it was a great, great opportunity with, uh, with the Jets relationship to maybe pitch them on something where we could get back to the community and help further, uh, the good work they do over there. So dream factory, what do they do again? Uh, they basically grant, uh, dreams for children who are battling terminal illness. So, uh, that could be, uh, I mean, Josh has had kids out and skated with them during practice and taking them to games and uh, or it could be uh sending a family to disneyland it, really whatever the dream that child is uh is looking to do they'll they'll find a way to make it happen so yeah the charities like that are they do incredible work because it's not just for the child in question but it's the family exactly too, right then they all need that break yeah they all need that dream to come true uh so it really is tremendous work that they do and you know, you've worked not just with Josh, but you worked previously with Adam Lowry. Yeah, yeah. We launched the brand, uh, I guess, a year ago today, and uh, he was kind enough to lend his time and likeness to uh, our first uh, lookbook. So uh, we've been very fortunate with the support that we've gotten from the community, in particular the Winnipeg Jets and, and Bombers. So, Well, you know, you mentioned the Bombers and the Jets, and just now coming off this great cup for the Blue Bombers, it's been a, a great few weeks since that all went down. But when you look at it, 
the intricacy, the intimate relationship that Winnipeg has with its sports teams. And that, I don't think we're exclusive in that, but because of the size of the community that we have, yep. a city under a million people to have an NHL team and these players to be, not all of them, but certainly so many of them are involved in the community. And I think you mentioned a lot of times under the radar Absolutely. is such it's so indicative of why these teams are successful at the box office why mm-hmm. they sell as many tickets and how much merchandise they do there's just really i think a, a genuine uh, it's almost a, a circle of giving and taking and, and and just this whole cycle of relationship between the fans the the teams themselves and the players yeah i mean that's that's very well put i mean uh it's very easy to embrace those teams and those peoples and, and to root for them even as people when you, when you get an idea of of some of the things that they do behind the scenes when they I mean it's a small community like you said and it's easy for these rumors to start flying and hear the good deeds that people are doing and and uh, yeah it's great that uh, that they they commit their time and efforts to do that because when you're in a position like that it's it, it, it goes a long way. Chris Watchorn is our guest. He is with Vogue Sportswear, and they've teamed up with the with the Winnipeg Jets on this special necktie, which is in support of the Dream Factory. And I understand that the the team uh, ordered enough. They ordered a, like a wholesale quantity to reach a goal of ten thousand dollars. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So when we uh, chatted with Josh, we sort of set the the goal as ten thousand, which is the equivalent of a dream fulfilled, uh, taking care of, uh, like you said, family and and siblings. And and if Disneyland is the the mission, then that helps cover that cost. So we set it at ten thousand dollars, and we pitched the Jets. They were uh, kind enough to write an order that uh, with our wholesale donation, uh, we'd be able to hit that mark. They're donating a portion of their sales as well. So um, yeah, so we will be able to uh, successfully reach ten thousand dollars by the end of the year um assuming we can sell some product i mean that that's sort of inevitable we will reach the goal but hopefully people embrace the project and uh maybe allow us to keep the door open for something similar in the future how many ties did you have to make uh we made 300 ties uh and then we got some uh we gave a bunch to josh i think a few of the guys are gonna wear them on the uh during the game next week so uh to help push the project so uh i think in total we're around 400 ties dream factory took a few for their golf tournament this summer that josh is involved in so yeah they'll make their rounds what goes into making a necktie? Like, how long does it take to make one? Uh, that's a great question. They, they turned around production in about three weeks on everything. The packaging was a bit delayed, but uh, that's the way things go. Uh, in terms of Josh, we sort of bounced some ideas. He had some samples of ties that he liked and weared and some color palettes that he liked. And, uh, yeah, we just dialed in sort of the shape of the tie, and then uh, we sampled, I think, 10 different tie samples, and he uh, came by and picked the, the one that he liked, and we ran with it, so... I just love uh, your enthusiasm and, and how soft-spoken you are, Chris, uh, with regard to all the things we've spoken to you about over the years. But how has it been uh, maintaining this business? We'd love to highlight entrepreneurs in our community. Uh, I mean, this is not a nine-to-five job. No, to, it is to, to, to start your <laughs> and own And my wife will be business. the first to tell you that it's not a nine-to-five. <clears throat> That's the... Um, that's a balancing act as a father of two and wanting to spend as much time with my kids as possible. Pardon me. Um, that, that is the, the struggle of the entrepreneur, but I mean, that's, that's a choice that I've made and that we've made as a family. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a roller coaster. Like I think most jobs are, you have your good days and your bad days, but, uh, I'm pretty encouraged with the way, the way the city has embraced the previous project and continue to embrace our project. So, I mean, just hanging out at our pop-up the last couple of days and seeing a lot of familiar faces we hadn't seen in a while and, the support that we get from the athletes in the community and, and just 
I mean, people at a, on a greater level that have helped grow our brand. Uh, it's encouraging for sure. Uh, Brett, I think that exclusively or mutually, we agree that one of the best parts of our job is when we're out in the community. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, you know, touch uh, customers mm-hmm. one-on-one and, and interact with them. It, it, it's a fantastic thing. And it's an imperative part uh, of doing business, especially on this grassroots level. I know in a restaurant uh, chain that I worked for years ago, we used to talk about building our business one guest at a time. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's something to that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm uh, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that I'm the worst salesperson in probably the history of business, which will probably be my downfall at some point. But uh, in terms of the relationship side, I would much rather visit with someone that I don't know for an hour and a half in the store and have them walk out feeling a little bit better about themselves or feeling like they've made a connection than buy something, which is my flaw as an entrepreneur. But um, I do. The relationship is one of the things that gets me most excited uh, to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, I was out of product creation, which I really enjoy. But um, yeah, it's, it's great to meet people and hear their stories. Um, I mean, meeting you and, and just over the last couple of years, seeing how you've you've lent yourself to mental health and shared your story. I mean, that that is something that... Uh, I think there's a lot of people, if you take the time to spend some time and visit with people, everyone has a story like that. And uh, I think that's the thing about the brand that gets me most excited. So the website is vokesportswear.com. That's V-O-A-K sportswear.com. You mentioned you have a pop-up market currently going. Where is that? Yeah, we are in the Fortune Building, 232 Main, which is pretty close to being across from Earl's. Uh, We are on the main floor and there until the 21st, with the exception of Sunday, Monday, we're closed. What are the hours? Uh, We are 11 to 6 weekdays and 11 to 5 on Saturday. And where does one get their hands on the Jets hats and the tie? Uh, they can go to the Jets Gear store. Uh, everything is available there. Hoodies, uh, you might want to call ahead. Some sizes are sold out. We will be getting a couple more in uh, closer to Christmas, so they can stay tuned on our Instagram. Uh, if you buy the tie, pop by or pop up with proof of purchase, you'll be entered to win uh, Josh Morrissey jersey. And then there's a no purchase necessary contest going on our Instagram for an autograph stick that he's generously donated. So Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, mm. Chris Watchorn. You can't uh, you can't say you're not a busy man. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So hey, thanks for for coming by for bringing this stuff. And again, if you want to see the hats and see the tie, go to 680CJOV's Instagram story, and you can have a look at these hats. I'm I'm trying to decide which of the two hats I like better. Greg, do you have one? Is like uh, like an off white with a dark gray. It's almost like a black and white version of that classic Jets logo, the WHA logo that they're sporting on the Heritage jerseys. And then the other one is the updated color scheme with the current Jets blue, if I'm not mistaken, Chris. Mm-hmm. Am I describing this incorrectly? No, I like it. Kind of a two-tone white on our, the blue, the deep. Oh, it's just it's gorgeous. I think that one seals it because it's got the red underpeak. Yeah, they're both gorgeous hats. So I'm going to ponder that for another minute here before Chris gets out of here. And uh, Chris, thanks for stopping by. We hey, appreciate I appreciate this. the time and the opportunity. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.